Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Ugly Ducklings podcast with your hosts, Bryce and Rashida. And this week, we are back, just the two of us, to talk about dating. So um, we usually try to do a podcast on dating at least once a season. I think we're going to try to do at least one more where we bring on an actual dating coach. So I'm excited to um, have her come and join us. Um, We have it booked. But I'm not going to say no names yet, just in case, you know, we have to push it out or something like that. But we want to just do our own dating podcast and then we'll do another one where an actual expert can come on and tell us the right way to go about things. <laughs> right. But yeah, so today um, we were going to talk about, I forgot that fast. Which one is it? Oh, preferences versus prejudice. Yes. Um, preferences versus prejudice so um we'll just start with the question that we have here in our notes which is where is the line in your opinion Ooh, so okay so let's okay so i'm going to do this full circle so in our generation when you go on social media or you talk to your friends it's always about nah nah but that's my preference right like for example um everyone knows that Everyone has that one black guy friend who does not date dark skinned black women because that, that those are his pref- that's his preference those are his preference. Although we don't agree with this young man, but he always says that's my preference and I'm sticking to it. But when you think about the word preference, if I'm not mistaken, Rashida, correct me if I'm wrong. A preference is this is my ideal thing characteristic, but if I don't get that, I have B, C, and D right yes but to my point when our our generation uses preferences we use it we use that term as almost like a deal breaker so i feel like we use preferences very incorrectly so for example that friend that we have that says his preference is to not date a dark-skinned woman to me, that is a deal breaker for him, which is also rooted in colorism and a little bit of white supremacy. Yep. Self-hate. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think we do forget that a preference is just exactly that by the definition. It, and so it is becoming misconstrued with a deal breaker. But that same friend, I think in the scenario that you gave, wouldn't want to call dark-skinned women a deal breaker because they know that that would be problematic right as a black person they would be like why if i say that that's problematic so i'll say is a preference when in reality we know they don't date women that are you know their their paper what is it the the paper bag test they're doing the brown paper bag test with women in real life still because i've heard men say like yeah i don't date women darker than me and i'm like okay like yikes but that's a real thing it is. I mean, they're not even doing paper bag tests. They're doing blue veins tests <laughs> because I'm, I'm like your preferences aren't even black at this point. Like the preference is just like out here looking like whatever and not looking like your mom. But that's maybe that's a different podcast episode. But I'm just saying. Yeah. So um, this is interesting because I didn't. As always, you know, we typically don't plan what we're going to talk about beforehand, but I was listening to a podcast 
not a podcast, well, a YouTube. And they were talking about another, these two black men have a podcast. I think they're called Fresh and Fit. And um, I've heard them circulate in different group chats and things because they're two black men. Seems like they have a pretty successful um, YouTube channel slash podcast. And they have a lot of different people come on and talk about various things. I know like DJ Academics is somebody that, that like comes on quite a bit. I think Kevin Samuels has come on once or twice with them. Other people who I guess are relevant for some reason for whatever, you know, whatever. And right. they were just saying that they don't date black dark skinned women. They might do a red bone every now and then, but they don't do black women <laughs> because I'm 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 paraphrasing, but they really were like because they're ghetto and they're ratchet. And I was like, wow. And these are two black men. And I was just like, this a lot. But they were also saying it was a preference. And this is where this um question that you pose becomes really relevant because I think that they are fair to have a preference that they like to date non-black women but I think why it becomes prejudice is because of the negativity that has to follow it like I prefer to date men that are tall because I'm 6'2 but that's a preference because as you know I've dated men who are 5'6 hey she said it not me because I was thinking it (laughs) it's kind of like yeah Rashida I could see why you would say that but if you met a really great guy who was shorter than you you're not gonna like count him out and so and, and nor am I going to bad mouth all men that are shorter than me so that's why I think that, well not not why but that's where I think the line can be drawn in my opinion on this preference versus prejudice because to me those two men are being um prejudiced against black women Right. No, that's real. Um, I know for me as a light-skinned man, there's been times where like just dating dudes in the past, it would be like, I, and I didn't think about it in retro, like in retrospect, I think about it now. Right. But like, oh, you know, you light skin, you know, and this is like, that is a red flag. It's so, a red flag. I want, I love that you brought that up because I've had this conversation with one of my women friends out here. Um, and I was in my head, like, it's such a random topic, but I was like, yo, for my other like women friends that are considered light skin, I would love to have this one-on-one conversation with them of like, can, is it easy for you to tell the difference between someone that is just interested in you versus someone that's interested in you more because you are light skin? Right. Right. Um, I can't speak on a woman's part, but what I will say is with my boyfriend now, Maurice, his only question was, oh, I thought you liked white guys. Not, <laughs> oh, you're this light indeed, whatever. You know, like other people I've dated, I want to say every single person I dated except Maurice, like long-term, that my complexion was a selling point for them, which is, sounds disgusting. Um, yeah. Maurice is the only one that that was not a thing yeah so and how did it and, come to up my original right i said how did that come up for you though like did it just come up randomly in conversation yeah you know because you're light-skinned like you know like how was it posed where you were like kind of cringing in the inside like why is this important it comes up when you ask about the dating history and then you're like oh let me see a picture of like one of your exes and i'm like oh kind of like me and I'm like, then, then it's like, oh, well, you know, you know, I, I guess I do only like, like, guys, you like, now, me, me in my 20s, like, if I put my 
self-conscious in my younger self, I would have been like, oh, I'm about to leave your apartment because you're crazy. <laughs> but then I was just like, oh, that's, that's kind of weird, but okay. But, you know, you learn through experience that those deep-rooted issues come out in other ways in, as you continue to date this person or yeah. people, whatever. So yeah and i mean it's, it's hard to like separate the two because you are who you are like you have no control over what tone you come out with right. um and so when a guy is attracted to like a woman he's attracted to her right like maybe it's just like that whole animalistic thing okay now i sound like that nigga from love is blind but those, chem- those chemicals <laughs> right the chemicals right you just are attracted to someone sometimes you can't really always like put your finger on it exactly but you are um but i think it's like more after the fact how you compliment that person like when you're like trying to affirm them and what you tell your friends or your family about this person when they're not in the room like yeah i really like her not and you know they don't say because she's smart or driven or ambitious or funny or all those other things it's yeah you know she's this beautiful light-skinned woman and you're like okay and that's true she's both she's a light-skinned woman and she's beautiful but did you need to mention that she was light-skinned it's almost like a badge of honor for some men I feel like to say I'm dating a woman that is lighter complexion now on the flip I've also met men and this is very interesting it's always opposites attract when I hear men that are very interested in dark-skinned black women they're light-skinned so it's like a flip it's like very rarely am I just hearing a person of any complexion like their complexion it's like what what is this it's like you're always searching for the opposite yeah I mean I guess people like a contrast maybe sometimes I don't know um I mean I've dated both light brown dark pale you know but I see what you're saying. There's there's always a slight contrast. I mean, you got especially with media. It's all especially in media when it comes to black relationships. It's always light skinned woman, brown to dark skinned man, or it's the chocolate woman with the lighter man, or he's could be white. Like it is always a contrast. Yes. Yeah. No. I think we we only have a few couples where Will and Jada. <laughs> right. Will and Jada um samuel jackson his wife um denzel and his wife there's a slight contrast just a little bit they're both browner um we got some examples no we do we do i just feel like on the street normally i'm seeing it where it's like opposites right um very rarely am i seeing two people and that's what i'm saying either way but it's just something that is the preference that always comes up so i mean Mm -hmm. it was like the low-hanging fruit for us to talk about but height for women is one that men really hate because a lot of women say their preference is to date taller men and they are five, three and their preference is to date men that are six, three right on me makes no sense to me, but that is their preference. Now I personally have an issue with that one a little bit too, because then they'll meet a guy that they think is cute who is five, nine and they won't date him. Right. And now six, three. You being a t- taller woman, why do you think that's the case? Like, where does that come from? Is it rooted in a shorter man is less masculine? Like, or is a shorter man, a shorter man, because I've heard women say, I want my man to pick me up in, in danger set. 
statement, like in a dangerous setting, as if the shorter man is not strong. Like, you know, like what is it rooted in? I think it's really rooted in that. It's like, I want to feel like this bigger individual can protect me, right? So from one angle, even though a shorter guy can, it's like this perception that the taller man is more equipped to fight, you know, and protect you and defend you. And then on a sexual level, yes, be able to pick her up and toss her around in the bedroom. Right. And that's what I've heard women say as to why they have that preference. Right. Mm. I mean, I've heard a woman say that, um, like, she says it all the time, especially on social media. But this woman also has never had a boyfriend. So it's like, are her preferences, in quotes, keeping her single? Because I heard... And- and I said it, there's nothing wrong with being single. I'm not saying that there's something wrong. And I'm not saying settle. I'm not saying settle. But what I'm saying is her reasons for being single aren't her choices. Like she, she didn't, she's not choosing to be single because if she found the right six foot five man to sweep her off her feet, she would take it. But it's like, sis. Like, okay. Money, I don't know, sis what can you give me some examples of from your perception what these preferences are oh for this particular person yes it's like mind you this this woman is at least like maybe like 510 okay a tall above average height for a woman so it has to be her man has to be above taller than her so preferably six foot two okay educated that means college okay college degree um handsome right uh um good job and will pay for a lot of things okay um this is one of those things where a lot of this is subjective right because she Mm -hmm. actually and it's also sad because these are her preferences but she didn't name anything of like actual substance like he treats me nice. He doesn't cheat. Like <laughs> We're assuming that she wants to be treated nice. And we're assuming that she wants a man who doesn't cheat. Right. We are assuming that, which is already an issue. I know we're not supposed to do that. Four agreements tell you do not make assumptions. But, okay. you know, let's just humor our listeners today. Um, I, okay, so that's kind of like a problem for me. But yeah, based on what you're saying, as a taller woman, you know, my bias, I said, okay, I could rock with you a little bit on that, but Mm -hmm. have wiggle room because there's still actually like in the world in general, like after five, 10, six feet, it's not that many of people. Like if we did on a percentage basis. Mm. So, I mean, you're seeing it. I'm not saying you don't see tall people day to day, but like, if you're a black woman saying I need a black man over this height, Unless you are making a point to make sure that you are visible and being seen in NFL and NBA parties, boo-boo, you're not seeing six two dudes every day walking down the street. You're just not. Right. And we're also assuming that these taller men want to date someone just as tall as them. Exactly. So there's a lot of assumptions here. You're at you're expecting them, one, they date black women, two, they date black women who are tall. Like, and that's also niche. That's it's so it sounds it's like when a guy like some guys like BBW, right? Like tall women, it sounds nuts to say, but it's almost like a little thing on the side. Like guys who like legs or different things, it's 
it's, it's almost fetishized a little bit too much. Mm-hmm. If you go on Instagram and do a hashtag legs or tall girls, you'll find some creepy things. Right. Yeah, that's real. <laughs> but yeah, I think that that preference for me personally is so frivolous, but I get why women want it. I also feel like they need to have more like wiggle room to just be like, okay, this guy's cool. He's 5'11". He's only an inch taller than me. And when I wear heels, I'm going to be taller than his ass. And I need to just be okay with that because the amount of times you actually wear heels, especially now post-pandemic, is so insignificant. Why? Why are you not dating this man? Then what are looks? Because I feel like some people will not like somebody And then other people that I guess are influential to them will then say, oh, Ashley's cute. She's dope. And now all of a sudden you're interested. Mm. Now all of a sudden, oh, I think Robert's fine. Now all of a sudden you're looking at Robert, but you weren't before. Yeah. And so it's like the perception of his desire, his or her desirability. And it shouldn't matter to you what anybody else thinks about this individual physically because you're the only person that's going to be laying up with them. Right. And that also speaks to what you're saying and with my example that this person only gave surface level things. And it just sounds like a lot of these preferences are very surface level and nothing's saying to about the person's loyalty or who they are inside, their integrity, their character. No one's saying any of these things. No. And you know why? Because to be fair, all we see first is physical. So I think it's really hard for people sometimes when they're envisioning their ideal partner to like take it a step further. So like in their mind, it's like she looks like Paula Patton and that's it. And so a girl that walks down the street looks like Paula Patton is now like she's wifey already. He's made all of these like decisions in his head, like planning for the future already, just seeing what she looks like because she looks like the type of woman he would want. Um, And then you're like, but is she pleasant? Do y'all get along? And then you get all these other things that come down, come come up later on in the relationship where unfortunately happened for a lot of people when they were stuck, you know, in at the house during COVID. I actually don't like this person. I don't really have anything in common with them. And I never really Mm -hmm. noticed. Because we never Mm -hmm. talked about values. I oh they don't want like the ultimatum. Y'all been together for two years. You want kids. That is like your whole reason for being every minute you were on camera was you want to be a dad. Mm -hmm. And you are dating a woman for two years who said since the beginning, she don't want kids. Sir, no, you need to walk away because that's not a preference for you, boo-boo. That sounds like a deal breaker. And you're wasting your time and her time. And now you got this fake engagement that probably ain't going to happen with this woman for what because she ultimately still does not want to have children with your ass right and that's the other thing people's preferences and deal breakers well they'll change for the for a certain for people i'll just say right the right person but they'll change because he had a deal breaker she had a preference that's what he wasn't getting for your ass she won't having kids with you (laughs) you wanted kids no matter what (laughs) that was the difference best example the difference between a preference and a deal breaker boom 
And that's actually a great way you put that because it really was a preference. The way she was talking to the other dude about it, it was like, "Mm, so you are open? I'm confused. So people, please be aware when you're dating someone of like the things that they're telling you are non-negotiables. And then when you're at like a wine Wednesday and y'all just in a group setting and another pretty girl asked the same question, all of a sudden your, your boyfriend or and your girlfriend got a different answer. Think about that. Like why? They should be firm. If this is truly like a yes or no type of thing for them, I don't want kids. I don't want kids. Now they're saying, oh, well, maybe it just depends. Huh? Wait, what? I'm confused. That's real. <sighs> um, so with the preference thing, I want to go back to the education. Mm-hmm. So this is something that we had in our notes that I wanted to propose as a question. So with the increased education of Black women, you know, that's led to more career growth, more women, Black women have like masters and PhDs, et cetera, which would mean Black women make more money than most Black men, right? Not all, but like stats-wise, based on education level, it would be safe to make that an assumption like that. Okay. So then does that change the shift in expectations? Are women asking for too much? That they want a man that makes more money? Should they be more open? And are men also in that same vein um, being childish when they are uncomfortable that a woman does make more money than them because they do want to be the provider? I feel like that whole conversation is just rooted in um, masculinity and what's the other word I'm looking for? Like misogyny yeah. in a sense because if your partner that you love so much makes more money than you if your masculine if your masculinity is that fragile that it makes you that uncomfortable you you need you need to get some you need to have a conversation with a professional i just it just doesn't make sense the math ain't mathing like it just doesn't make sense so from the other side, though, if you were talking to a woman, because I've also heard women say that he cannot make less than me. What is, is that also rooted in Messiah? Like, what is that rooted in? Yeah, it is. It is. It is. It is. It all is. It doesn't make sense. Because yeah. if you're under one household and I have to water myself down so that you feel good about your salary, when we could have more with my higher salary. Like. I don't, I don't get it. I don't either. Maybe I'm just, I'm just Bryce and I don't think (laughs) about things like that. And I'm also a queer black man. So I have a different perspective, you know, perspective on things, excuse me. But it just, I don't know, it just doesn't make sense. So I went to happy hour and- um, (laughs) Let's give a story. (laughs) We went to- someplace anyway we're talking about dating and I just somehow for I don't know why I just like randomly out of the blue asked the three guys that were there like is is your preference to be the provider because women do and society in general put a lot of pressure on men to have to be the provider and some men don't want to be and I don't mean it in like a negative lazy way I just mean maybe they would actually want to do more of the quote-unquote feminine chores or role in the household right so I'm just like okay you know do you feel like you want that pressure. Is that what you want? And one of the guys was like, yes, I want to be the provider. And, you know, that seemed to be his preference, but sometimes I think your preferences and reality are not aligned. So my, why I 
say that is because this particular friend of mine saying that he wants to be the provider, but then he was also saying that, you know, like in the scenario where he would be the provider, and let's say they had kids, because he's the provider, that means he gets to stay at work if the kid is sick. She would need to handle those things and that her career would take the back seat because both people can't both have thriving careers. Somebody has to take an L. All right. So that is just his point of view. That is his perspective. That is his reality. Now, why I don't think it could line up with a partner for him based on his logic right now is because he also said that he would like a woman to approach him, essentially, you know, to pursue him, to bag him. And I was, and so I said to him, I said, maybe it's better that you're not meeting women like that because for you to meet a woman that was confident enough to bag you and approach you and want to take you out on a date, it doesn't sound like that type of woman would want to take the back seat, but you want a boss bitch. She's going to be like, I picked up the kid last week when they got six. So now you got to this today. That doesn't sound like that works with your, with your plan. So sometimes I just think people are like, just not being honest with themselves sometimes of what they want and what they're saying. And like the type of person that they really would get based on what they're saying. It just, in that particular example with your friend or associate, it sounds like the plight of black women that we have this perception of black women <laughs> that they have, have to be everything. Like she can't be corporate thugging and then take a bump in the salary, then sacrifice her whole career to watch the kids and you not helping for you to be just be out here working in the streets. And then God forbid she loses her amazing body. Oh, oh now, oh, now, now I got to step out on her because she's not looking good no more. It's just, it just don't make no sense. It it just sounds like, and I don't know your friend. I just feel like that. And we're just going by, you know, what you received from the conversation. And I, friend, do not judge me off this comment. If you're listening. They don't listen to this podcast. Like, they good. Okay. <laughs> so friend, it just sounds like you want a one-sided friend relationship. You just want one side relationship you want you essentially want somebody to stroke your ego and you're not stroking theirs like which to me sounds like a very um it's going to be very unfulfilling for both parties down the line yes and but the thing is I think people are in denial right like he's the type of guy he I don't think he's owning that he's traditional own it own but that is shit. he traditional is he traditional? Because he's not. Because if you expect these women to take on the more masculine approach to dating, but then you want the benefits of the relationship, you're not traditional. You're, you sound confused. No, he is confused. But I'm saying like, he's like articulating himself. Like the way he, the dynamic that he keeps describing is traditional. Right. And I'm just like, you, there are a lot of women who are actually traditional. Exactly. You go to Texas, you go to Georgia, you go to certain parts of Florida, you're going to find you a nice Southern belle who knows how to cook, clean, suck good dick. And she wow. is willing and ready to have kids be barefoot and pregnant for three to five years. And maybe after, you know, the kids are back in school, she wouldn't mind taking on, you know, a job, you know, she got a college degree and all that. So she can go right. back to work and, you know, help with sustaining y'all lifestyle. 
there's a lot of women and there's nothing wrong with that i'm just saying like there's a lot of women that would gladly and willing like that is their goal they want to be a stay-at-home mom right i think why it's so confusing on why this shit is comical to me and i was just letting this boy talk because i was just like wow like what you're saying don't really go over together because a, a woman that would approach you like yo bro what's good like i think you're cute would you like to go on a date with me let's be real that's not the same chicks as a stay-at-home mom Cause you're not an NBA player. The only women I think that are that, that are who want to really like just milk the life, but are bold enough to approach are women who are out here trying to get chose by celebrity men because they know closed mouths don't get fed. Right. But for a regular average normal guy, which is completely okay. Nobody wants to be average and normal. Like I am average and normal and I want me an average and normal man. You're not getting all these chicks like approaching you and then they're going to want to take the back seat. No. Or you find yourself in the relationship where if it's the everyday woman that took that approach, she just wanted a husband. Oh, yes. Like the like the women off the ultimatum, like Shanique just wanted a husband, in my opinion. Any matter who it was, as long as he, he matched the check marks, she can be aggressive, pursue you. And take the back seat because she just wanted a man and she wanted a family. Yeah. Ooh, actually, I'll do let's kind of go into that just for a second. Were you a fan of her relationship actually with Randall? Not a fan, no. I see why it worked for them, but I wasn't a fan. Like they weren't my favorite couple. And it, the only reason maybe I liked them was because they were a black couple that had the least amount of drama, which is rare yes i didn't and so you know me when i watch these different shows i love to go into reddit threads because people will be you know going into the tangents about the different episodes and it's just comical hilarious sometimes you agree or you see people arguing about nonsense just entertainment but a lot of people he was one of their favorites and i just never i don't think he's like a bad person i just to your point like their relationship didn't excite me i wasn't like oh i like them together i was just like eh and also you're 24 stressing to be married right now like relax you're beautiful you're 24 take your time Mm. but hey she's 24 you only know what you know at that time so hey you know i don't know how i think what they date two years three years so at that point you think you're in love and you want to the next logical step is marriage right um, but to give them to give them more perspective, it leaked out that Netflix lied about their ages. They're actually older. <sighs> because what's my girl? Um, the one who ended up engaged by episode two was it Alexa, not Alexis. not Amber. So Alexa, yeah, what, Alexis, Alexis, yeah, Alexis, the crazy one. So. Someone saw her old Instagram photos that was like, oh, happy 30th. And then someone was like, wait, I thought you was 24. And she was like, I don't know why Netflix lied. I'm actually like 32. Wow. And then yeah. based on how they were all dressed, they didn't dress like the everyday 24-year-old. Like, you can tell she got her clothes straight out of Macy's. Like, it wasn't giving, like, forever 21. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't giving that youthful appearance, if that makes sense. Like, no one really looked 24 no, um, except Ray. Ray was definitely giving fashionable yeah, vibes. Definitely fashionable. Um, definitely yeah. 
Um, but to your point, so I wish if they had just used the real age, the all the real ages, the show would have made more sense. Like they're like 34, they're ready to settle down. That would have been another component. But you know, Netflix probably try to sex them up, you know, try to go after a different age demographic with it. Yeah, I think honestly, we talk about this all the time with the reality show specifically, but with dating shows, I'm like, I feel like y'all need to do like 28 and up. I'm not saying you can't have 20, 20 somethings in there. But when you're, when I hear a 35 year old say they really want to get married, I feel like, I don't know why I just, I'm, I envision that they've actually dated and tried and they're here as a last resort right? because nothing else worked versus someone who's 23. I'm like, you're on here for Instagram cloud. Like you haven't really dated. You've been in college a lot. You just graduated. You haven't even been out here yet to say, oh, I'm just so ready. And I've tried so much and I had, so I've been unlucky. No, you haven't been. What are you talking about? Exactly. I, I feel like at 24, and maybe this is just me speaking, you know, projecting or speaking from my own experiences, you don't have enough life experience, especially not saying our parents' ages, like they grew up during different times. Okay. They grew up a lot faster than we did. Okay. Yeah. But now 24, you're a baby. Yeah, I would not recommend marriage for people at that young age um because i mean every now and then i hear people that we went to college with that you know yeah. that are our age are getting divorced and i'm like oh shit mm-hmm. damn so and i mean you could get divorced at any age so i don't mean it like that but it's just like unfortunate because sometimes you see all these young couples like okay they got they were in love they got married and then the next time you see them you know thus fast forward 10 years you're like, oh, how's everything? How are you and your husband and your kids? And they're like, oh, we're divorced. You're like, oh, damn. So, you know, definitely don't wish that on anybody. I'm sure that's a horrible situation to go through. Um, you know okay. what? It's those preferences was preferencing. Yeah, a lot of times it is. Um, so here's another one, actually, preference with physical appearance. Um, so I was talking mm-hmm. to another friend of mine. And I'm saying friend just so that no one is feels like I'm calling them out (laughs) but um someone else who's in shape I said okay do you need to date women who are also fit and they were like no I don't I'm in shape but they don't need to be in shape they you know can be curvy or whatever but then so all of that checked out for me until he said but you know because I go to the gym and I work out they're gonna end up working out with me anyway and I'm just like, see, this is a slippery slope because I really think your preference is you just want to date fit women. I think that's actually your preference or your right. deal breaker. Um, because if that Lizzo body decides she don't want to go to the gym with you no more, are you cool with that? And I don't think the answer is yes. Right. And you know, it's funny. That's a whole trend right now on social media like you see um a very curvy woman with a hype with a very very like bodybuilding guy like it's like a thing really okay yeah it's like a thing right now um but to your friend i do think that subconsciously they do want the the fitter woman and that's where I think some of our preferences are shallow because they're, a lot of them are just rooted in looks. But if that's what you really feel like you can't live without, then just say it. Just say it. To me, the better approach would just be, I don't necessarily, I don't find them unattractive, like women who are not fit. 
but I prefer to date women who are in shape because I'm in shape and that's my lifestyle. And I don't want to have the, and I would want me and my partner to work out. And I don't want to have to force that woman to feel like she got to work out for me. Right. But what about, but what about, but can she be healthy though? Because everyone's be. body is not built to be like, yes. you, know, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's body is just genetics. Like, but can she, what if she healthy? But that's like, why this whole thing is such a pref, like um, subjective because, um, you know, there's like women who are maybe like, I'm trying to think like a Megan Thee Stallion, right? She's built, she's stacked or Venus Williams, right? She's not by, by weight definition. She's not skinny. She's not small but she's in shape so for some men that would be thick or still maybe a little too big they like skinny women who are petite and don't have a lot of shape to them so it's just like all of these things or a girl who is actually a little heavier but to your point she's healthy though she's just heavier and if she actually lost all that weight she would have a big ass head and a little body and you'd be like oh no right sis might be a vegan like come on (laughs) Can she live? Damn. And you out here, muscle head, digging, eating three cartons of ice cream a night. Who's who's healthier? Right. Right. Because it's always just the optics of it. Because, yeah, I know some guys that are quite thin, but their diets are really bad. Yes. So it's just, be- just genetics at that point. Yes. And because of that, you have the worst smelling bowel movements. Like, no. Yikes. Um, uh, that's a whole nother episode like can y'all make sure y'all drinking water Mm. um okay so also because you kind of brought it up with the whole like roles and things Mm -hmm. and this is another one of the notes that we had so i'm just gonna ask the question is it the job of the men in our generation i think this was based off of when we saw the whole will will slap and people had these comments about you know i want my man to defend me like that all right and I know you and I didn't agree. So that's, I think that's where you got this question from. But is it the job of the men in our generation to create an environment for women to feel safe in their femininity? Or is it the woman's responsibility to identify and dial down her masculine energy when interacting with her man? See, that question is messed up because they're always trying to... Can we not... They're always trying to make Jada masculine. I don't like that. They always trying to make make it seem like Jada is making Will seem like less of a man. He's a man. He has a penis. No one can make him seem less of anything. Yes. Like what? But to answer your question, it ain't nobody's job. Like I think the only job, like Will reacted. He in his way he protected his wife, right? whether we agree with it or not. And I think that Jada's role as a partner was to be there for her husband, regardless if she agreed or disagreed with what he did. That's it. Yes. Like how she handled it is how she handled it. But like, I just feel like it's, she doesn't have to do anything and he doesn't, well, this is going to look great. He didn't have to slap Chris to protect his wife. He could have had a conversation and it was still protecting her. Valid. That's just how I think about it. Yeah. No, I I hear you. I think in my opinion, 
I think it's the job of both of these people. So if mm-hmm. we're talking about heterosexual relationships, right? It's my job because I like in like to know your trauma, to know your triggers, to know what your partner likes and doesn't like, right? And so as a woman, I would identify myself as probably a strong woman who's very opinionated, blah, blah, blah. But if I know that there's certain things that I want to not, not even, I know there's certain things that I would like to do for my partner to feel empowered and to feel like he can take charge or he can lead and I would be okay with it. And I would let him do that and, and back him up. And so I don't, I think I would make a point and maybe I would mess up sometimes along the way, but to try to create that space for him so that he doesn't feel like I'm trying to emasculate him. And there may be times where it's like, well, damn Rashida, I could have done that for you. And it's like, oh shit, wow, you're right. You really could have, and I'm sorry. And in the future, take into account, okay, my husband likes to show love or my boyfriend likes to show love by, you know, carrying the water in for me, (laughs) the 24 pack of water I bought from Target. And if that makes him feel like he did something for me, fine you could bring it in for me. Like, it's fine. Like, I don't see a problem with that. Same way, like with a man, like, Hey, you know, I know Rashida is a dominant boss woman who sometimes I'll let her do this because that matters to her. And that's very important to her. I can do it too, but because that is important to Rashida, I can take a step back. I think it's just more like the ebb and flow. Like it doesn't always have to be one way or the other. Um, I would hope that over time, a partner of mine could feel comfortable that he could cry in front of me or really share something. And I wouldn't be like, well, you act like a bitch. Like that shouldn't happen. I should make you feel comfortable and safe. The same way if I want to cry or something that you need to be able to have empathy and let and be that person for me to feel comfortable to share that with or to hug and embrace and to talk through those situations with. But it has to be both. I don't think it is my, I shouldn't be like purposely trying to dial myself down, but there are times where I'm like, okay, I need to let this man be able to step up. I need to give him that space to do that. Right. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think that's what I was trying to say, but I rambled a bit. Please. <laughs> but um, I like, okay, going back to the example, like where the, you know, Bay needs to cry. Like you're protecting him, giving him a space to cry. That's protection. Him's taking a step back, letting you do your thing. He's protecting your ego. That's protection. Protection looks different for different people and different things and different couples. And also people make it seem like, why is masculinity so rooted in acts of service? What if that nigga's love language is words of affirmation? Right. Like, come on. You know, I think the issue is, I think that there are men who probably do have different love languages than they mm-hmm. think, but I think they're just conditioned and programmed that it is acts right. of service. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can, the only reason why I think that is because I've talked, I've polled too many men, you know, the standard question I always ask. Mm-hmm. So when was you, your last girlfriend or the girlfriends you've had, have you gotten a gift oh, for Valentine's Day? Every guy's like, no, I only know one dude who has said yes to this question. Okay. But y'all are like, well, you know, I still get her a gift and I put the acts of service in, right? Like I checked the box. I did what I'm supposed to do as a man. I'm like, okay, but you know that Valentine's Day is a day about celebrating love, not her. Mm-hmm. And she did nothing to so show her appreciation for you and you let it rock. Then resentment breeds. 
over time because now you're going to start doing tit for tat you're like wow like I'm checking the boxes in these acts of service and the women that I'm dating are still not stepping up and doing anything for me Mm. dang that was deep that's a good one because think about it then the women you know I'm not gonna say they're terrible for that but they've been conditioned that I just saw dad do all these things and mom just like was like thanks cool like it was never really like I didn't see the reciprocity so mm-hmm. no I'm not supposed to get my my boyfriend for xyz I'm not supposed to get him something just because he's the man he's supposed to do that for me and it's like I don't know I really don't know where that came I just I just don't because if if you watch enough of these little rom-com Disney movies and stuff, like, yes, the man does all these things that sweeps her off her feet, but she'd be doing stuff for him too. And some of, not all of these movies, but some of these, there's, there's some love shown, which is why he then goes above and beyond. Right. Like, why are you not showing the love to your man? Right. You know, it's weird. I never even noticed that. I, I don't even know. Maybe I should start asking people, do they, um, when they're Vegas and something for Valentine's Day, do you give them something back? I've never even noticed that. Right. I thought that was standard. I I mean, I thought it was too. Oh my God, my I'm sorry. My app. When I'm on my MacBook, I get text messages come through. I done close the app. It's quit. Like it's not even open. And then I'm still hearing these damn dings. Like, I don't know how to, I need to learn how to mute this because I can't. I'm about to, I can't. It's too much. Apple, if you're listening, please fix this. Yes. I'm like, I'm not in the app. It's closed. I got silence on my phone. If anything, it should be coming off on my phone, not on the computer. But anyway, um, yeah, we tackled a lot of different things in this podcast. But the preference thing, I think, to your point, is a cop-out. It's really deal breakers for people. Just own it and be problematic. Own your own your problematic preferences and just be like yeah I only like light-skinned women and then just be ready that some dark-skinned women will challenge you and ask you and say hey you know that might be rooted in self-hate and colorism and own it and be like you know what it might be maybe I should go to therapy sit in your anti-blackness that's it (laughs) yes sit in it because that's what it's giving (laughs) when your preferences attack you and don't stand up for you when you get pulled over by the police Keep your preferences. Yeah, those men that said all those negative things about black women. Um, yeah, I just will just I always, you know me, I always go back to this. You will not date black women or you will date a non-dark-skinned black woman, and then you have children. And depending on your your tone, your daughter may come out as a dark-skinned black woman still even when you've taken all those steps so I just am very curious to know like what the language is going to look like are you going to sit your daughter down and be like yeah actually you're not beautiful you're ratchet you're ghetto because you're a dark-skinned black woman or be just because you are a black woman like it's like are you going to say that obviously you're not going to say that to your child but that's really what you should say because that's what you're saying to every other black woman out here your math ain't math it's like almost laughable. You're like, oh, wow, you have a biracial daughter that doesn't look biracial. The joke's on you. Be, and they be swole too, which is disgusting. 
<laughs> He's too old. Like, uh, uh, what? What you mean? Uh, uh. What yeah, you, that's what. Look at you. Right. What you think he was gonna get? Come on. You better love your regular looking black daughter because she still is beautiful, regardless of all the nonsense you sitting here spewing. But you know, the colorism one is always. That one is always gets under my skin because that's always the common preference that is just so toxic. Yes. And that's also with gay black men too. And lesbian women. Yes. Yeah. No, we all, it's everywhere. All of it. <sighs> but anyway, I can't wait. So we can definitely have this dating coach come on because she can school us on the proper way to date in your thirties. Cause I'm going to take all mm-hmm. these tips from her. So I can maybe, you know, get me a little boo thing before 2023. Yeah. And also <laughs> to see when she has these clients who have these preferences, how she can actually get them to expand their horizons. Which, what are some of the methods? Oh, that's a really good question. Okay. We need to write that down. No, let's put that in our notes. <laughs> but thanks everyone for joining us for another episode. Find us on Gmail. We are uglyducklingspod at gmail.com with any questions or just suggestions for new topics for us to cover. And we look forward to checking in with y'all again next week. Peace out. Later.